Welcome to Faith on Fire, the broadcast that encourages believers to ignite the power of faith in their lives. Join us now as Pastor Vince Haney and Pastor Richard Hoyt Jr. bring the Word of God to fuel your faith. To another exciting edition of Faith on Fire. I am Pastor Richard Hoyt Jr. from the Community Church of God. And I am Pastor Vince Haney from Rama Word of Faith, the Word Church. Again, welcome again. Yes, yesterday we were talking about just that uh, progressive revelation. And uh, again, I want to start today at, we kept referencing it yesterday, but we didn't go there. But today, just start at Matthew chapter 11, verse, I'm going to pick it up at verse 27. Uh, no, we're going to look at Verse 25, it says, at that time, Jesus answered and said, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth. You got to get a revelation of that. He's the Lord, the owner of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from wise, from the wise and prudent and have revealed them to babies. Even so, Father, so it seemed good in your sight. So I want to focus on the word revealed. That means revelation. But look at verse 27. All things, this is Jesus speaking. He says, all things have been delivered to me by my Father. All things. And no one knows the Son except the Father. Nor does anyone know the Father except the Son and the one to whom the Son wills to reveal him. Look, reveal means something that was hidden. But he says, I'm going to give you some progressive revelation here because we're going to reveal some stuff to you. And I'm going to read again. Verse 28, come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So he said, you come and learn of me, learn my ways. Because remember, Jesus was constantly teaching the disciples when he was with them. So he said, you come learn my ways because... I'm going to teach you to have sweatless victories. Everything Jesus did, it was basically sweatless. Well, he was the perfect son. And he was part of his job. I tell people, he, went, he didn't come here just to die for humanity. That was the ultimate. Scripture says in 1 John, for this purpose was the son of man made manifest, that he may destroy the works of the devil. Destroy the works of the devil was what Adam did, that the devil did to Adam and Eve in the garden. That was the first part. And to be a sin sacrifice for humanity that was at the end when he said it's finished but in the middle of that jesus was demonstrating you to them and us how to have sweatless victories he he did it in every area of life whether it was forgiving somebody remember the woman caught in the midst of adultery they were ready the law says stoner he was like you know what he came on the scene and gave them some revelation and part of the revelation was you who have no sin you go ahead and throw the first stone and it's pierced right through their heart because the Bible says Jesus is the living word of God. And in Hebrews 4.12, it says the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. So he pierced right through their heart with the truth. Remember, the truth hurts, but it'll set you free, too. So he hit them with the truth. He said, okay, you go ahead. Since you don't have no sin, you throw the first stone, Brother Richard. Of course, Richard picked up the stone. No, he didn't. <laughs> no, but he everybody started putting... 
everybody started putting their rocks down. And then Jesus asked the woman, uh, where's your accusers? He said, I don't see any. They had took off. He said, well, I don't accuse you either. He, he did that just to compassion and mercy for people to the fixing up limbs because the guy was lame. Lame means you're missing a body part. He restored limbs. He restored sight. He healed people of leprosy. That would be like HIV in these days. To feeding thousands. To walking on water. Casting out demons. He did it all. He was the sample son. I tell people all the time, that's how we were originally created to operate. That's what it means to have dominion. Authority. And we know in the book of Acts 1.8, he says, and you shall receive power. That same deutimous power, the same power that Adam had in the garden before he fell, when he operated on revelation, he said, I, Jesus said, I came to, to restore that back to people. And we kind of miss it in church because we want to just do all the good stuff. And he said, no, in me is the fullness, and you are complete in me. So, again, as you start growing in progressive revelation, you're going to have an understanding of the, the forgiveness and compassion. But also, when somebody around you say they're sick, you're going to understand that he commanded you to lay hands on them. And, and Jesus always said this. He says, it's not me, it's the Father in me. He does the work. It's him working in and through us. And we know that now. God works in and through us. The devil always also works in and through people. So remember, choose this day who you're going to serve. You're going to walk in the flesh. You're going to walk in the spirit. So we get to choose. Are you going to do what you've been learning? And the more you do what you've been learning, and we know this in the natural, you get better at it. If, if it's golf, tennis, whatever, you might start off floppy. But if you continue, oops, no, no wonder Jesus said, if you continue in the faith or in my word, then are you my disciples? Because you're going to get better at it. You ain't going to get no worse. If you get make good study habits and studying the scriptures like he told you to, you aren't going to get worse at it. You're going to get better at it. If you laying hands and uh, start increasing in your prayer life, you're not going to get worse. You're going to get better. And that's what God wants us to, to constantly grow because he said Jesus is our sample son. He wants us, back to that scripture in Ephesians, till we grow up into the head, which is Christ Jesus. And Jesus was, Jesus was, God the Father was well pleased with Jesus. He said, this is my, I'm well pleased with him. And I want, you guys are a part of his body. You're about the body of Christ. And the scripture says in 1 John, as he is, so are we. So, and then Jesus even said in John 14, those who believe on me, the works that I do, shall they do also. Well, see, that's why Paul writes to Timothy and says that in the last there'll be people that have a form of godliness, but they understand not the power thereof. Right. So they, they go to church, they have this form but they don't understand that God has actually given them power, right. power to live, power to heal, power to do all kinds of things. We don't use it because we don't even necessarily know that we have it. Well, you should know you have it if you're in a good Bible-based church. Mean, but I mean, that's why he says to them, and if you're studying, they'll have a form, right? but they don't understand the power that also goes with it. Because I think we mentioned this just a little bit yesterday. How easy it is to go and you go to church, so I checked that off my list of to do for this week, and I sang when I was supposed to, and I gave my offering when I was supposed to. So I've, I've checked off all these things. Now that, now I've done my part. I've done my duty. I'm done for the week. No. That, going to worship and going to hear the Word of God and to worship God, that's just a part of it. That's not the whole thing. That's just a part of it. Now you go home, and that continues. You you. 
people think worship is singing. That only only kind of worship there is is singing. So they think that well, we just finished the worship part of the service because we just got done singing. Worship is more than singing. You are to worship God not just for that half an hour or however long your church sings, your church body sings on a Sunday morning. You're to worship God all week long, and you don't have to be singing to do it. Worshiping God is just acknowledging his greatness and praising him. And you don't have to praise him in song. You can praise him in word. You can praise him in thought. You can praise him in prayer. You can praise him in in your deeds. But that should be happening all week long. We should be worshiping God all week long, not just worshiping him while we're singing on Sunday or to think that, oh, I've got all I need. I think we touched on it just a little bit yesterday in yesterday's show. One of the most dangerous places you can be is to think you have enough. That you're mm-hmm. as close to God as you need to be. You're as much like Jesus as you need to be. That you, you're you there. And and we reference the scripture where those people will not only not get more, they'll lose what they have. So you can't be in a place where you think, oh, I'm, as, I'm more like Jesus than anybody I work with. I'm more like Jesus than anybody that I live with. I'm more like Jesus than anybody in my neighborhood. So I'm I'm okay. I don't I don't need to continue to read my Bible anymore. I don't need to continue to to praise Him, worship Him, pray. I don't need to worry about doing that because I'm okay. I'm I'm good enough. No, no, no. We're we're to grow into the be conformed to the likeness of Christ till the day we die. Right. I mean, we should be getting more like Jesus every day. Not just well, you know what? I'm I'm doing all right. I'm pretty close. That's I'm I'm good enough anyway. And think that we've made it somehow. We're to be conformed to the likeness of Christ every day and be desiring to be more like Christ. I tell people all the time: the more you get to be like Christ, the more you realize you're not there yet. Sometimes when people are baby Christians and they start on that road, then they start to think that maybe they're more like Christ than they are. But the closer you get to him, because when you're first starting out, a lot of times you compare yourself to the other people in your church body, and you say, well, I'm as good as these people. Or you compare yourself to your neighbors, or you compare yourself to your family members. There's always somebody you can look to and think, man, I'm doing better than them. I'm more spiritual than them. I'm closer to Jesus than them. I'm acting more like Jesus than they are. But the more you compare yourself to Jesus then the more you realize, whoa, I'm not there yet. Yeah, maybe compared to my neighbor, yeah, I'm doing really good. But compared to Jesus, uh, maybe not so much. And, and But here's the deal. God desires us to, to, to fit into the body, you know, grow into the body. Right. It's, he, not, a, it's right. not instantaneous. Man, right. wouldn't it be great if you, the day you got saved, your fingers were snapped, and man, now all of a sudden you're spiritually mature. That so you know you're, you're exactly conformed to life. No, it's a process. Sanctification is a process. Right. And then part of that process is found in Romans 12, where he says, uh, 12, 3. Actually, 12, 1 says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present yourselves or your bodies a living sacrifice. He said, present yourself a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable, look, to God, which is your reasonable, one translation says, worship. He said, that's your worship right there that you... Present yourself. Look in verse two, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, 
that you may prove what that good and acceptable and perfect will of God is. Part of that progressive knowledge is that you you are being. Being is a process. The word being is being. That you're being transformed by the renewing of your mind. I used this example at church service the other day. I can go buy some seeds. Let's just say apple seeds. They have a picture of the tree or what it should be on the pack. Well, I put the seeds in the ground, and the seeds are going to start, they're going to become a tree. They ain't going to become a tree the next day. It's a process. Right. I planted some tomatoes last week, and I don't have tomatoes. Right, because it's a process. But if you allow, if you continue in the process and do all the follow-up stuff you need to do, putting water on it, you know, some people speak to their plants, whatever you need to do. Let it get some sunshine. Can't just put no tarp over and let them stay in the shade. They can't get no photosynthesis. They got to have some sun. You do all the necessary things you need to do, it's going to look like a tomato plant. Right. It's going sooner to be, or later, I'm going to get tomatoes. Right. Sooner or later. Yeah. You're going to get your end result. Remember? We should be result-oriented. And, and Jesus said, by this, my Father uh, glorifies that you bear much fruit. He wants you to produce at some point. You know, when you got born again, you were just planted in Christ. You were a seed planted in Christ. Okay, now you need to do all the things you need to do to grow up into the head, which is Christ Jesus, to become just like him. So, yeah, going to church services and singing in the choir and all those things, those are good. We ain't saying don't do that. Yeah, you need to. Yeah, yeah, do that. That's Everybody, you know, every church isn't for everybody, but everybody needs to find a church. Right, right, right. So, so do the things you need to do. But don't neglect the studying yourself. And I always go back to James chapter 1. Don't neglect this. Don't just be a hearer of the word only. But now you got to do it. What The stuff you're learning, the supernatural stuff, you got to start practicing it. As you're learning it, don't, oh, I don't want to have nothing to do with that. And we have a lot of Christians, oh, I don't want to have to do nothing. It seems spooky. Well, you take the, you know, I always take the spookiness out of it and say, hey, man, this is how heaven operates right here. So... What's always amazing to me is to talk to Christians don't believe that God still heals people. Well, well they you, don't believe that God don't do a lot of stuff. They don't believe God still prosperous people financially. I mean, it's just weird to think that how many people who think of themselves as Christian call themselves Christian, and I'm not saying they're not, just think that God doesn't well, do that stuff anymore. Just like we said, they haven't increased in the knowledge of the Lord's will. The Bible says in Colossians that you may increase and the knowledge of the Lord's will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. They haven't, they, they, they cut, they stop short right there. But he's yesterday, same yesterday, today, and forever. Well, um, well, everything, well, all of it. And Ephesians say he's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all you ask, think, or even imagine. See, that's the greatest thing. When, I love that verse because it is so true. Throughout the Bible, God's doing stuff that people can't even imagine. The Israelites can't even imagine that the Red Sea can be parted and they can walk across. Well, I mean, they can't even imagine that. There's things, us today, we can't imagine that God will do, but he says, take the limits off me. That's what he's right. saying. Take the limits off me. He said, over in Genesis, he told Abraham and Sarah, is anything too hard for the Lord? And that's what we are as a lot of Christians. But again, see, that only happens because you're not increasing in the knowledge. Of, you're not spending intimate time with God. He said, make love to me. I'll reveal some things to you. We, we All in the New Testament, reveal, reveal. He wants to reveal something. I want to show you something. In Corinthians, it says, I have not seen, ear have not heard, or it's entered in the heart of man the things God has prepared for those who love him. He said, I got some stuff, man. 
Jesus just told us everything the Father has been delivered to me. And then in Hebrews 1, it says, God has appointed Jesus heir of all things. And heir means he inherited something. All means there ain't nothing he ain't inherited. Right. All things on earth, because God created the earth in the fullness thereof, everything. And then... uh. Well, if God has done all these things while we we're the enemies of God, what will he hold back now that we're the children of God? Here it is right there. And we have to start, again, take the limits off God, press into him, get a greater revelation or understanding of him through his word. And I tell people about his word. His word is called seed in Luke 8, 12. And here's what I know about a seed. It doesn't stay a seed. So God's word is constantly giving birth to new facets of revelation. It's seed right today, but now, remember, that's why Jesus probably said stuff like this. If you have faith of the size of a mustard seed, nothing shall be impossible to you. Well, because the seed's not going to stay a seed. It's going to eventually be a tree, and then it's going to start producing what the seed's supposed to produce, produce. Well, we talk about this cherry tree that I put in my backyard. Mm -hmm. You know, that, that tree had been planted somewhere in the nursery. I never saw it as a seed. Yeah. Then when I got it, it was about three feet tall. Now this year, it's got thousands of cherries on it again and has had for the last 15, 20 years. And it, it started out as one seed. Now it's producing thousands of cherries that have a pit, a seed, in the in the middle of them. Well, tell, and so God is has taken this one seed and producing thousands of seeds. And out again, of. as you grow in the knowledge of God, he'll give you that revelation. His scripture says, as the earth remains, seed, time, and harvest shall never cease. There's going to be seed, time, and harvest. And I always tell people this. You can count the seeds in a pack of cherry seeds. You say it was one seed, but you couldn't count the cherries that bad boy going to produce. No, How I many mean, cherries has yeah, it produced? Yeah, I mean, thousands of thousands. thousands. Yeah, right. From, from one life. seed. Now you get an understanding of his word. It, it just continues to birth new facets of revelation. You might understand this much of that word this year. And you just spend time with God, he give you a greater revelation. Oh, oh, it's meant that. It's this too. That's why he said those who have, to more, more will be given to them. Because they, they're hungry. See, and that's why you'll read the scripture and all of a sudden it's it gone on you. It's like that proverbial light bulb going off. Now all of a sudden you understand exactly what he's saying. You got a greater revelation right. of what he said. You understood it to this degree. And now, but now sudden, wow. And then and if you keep going, wow. Wow. Well, see, and that's why I'm never impressed that much when people say to me, Well, I've read the Bible once. So, yeah, right. That, you just said, you told me a lot right there. Right. You have no understanding. That's all right. you said to me. Because you can read it over and over and over, and, and every time you read it, you get something new out of it. Well, because that progressive revelation, right. that's what he does. It's like a seed. It says but a loop. you and I both talked to people. Oh, I read the Bible once. And, and, I'm, and I'm saying, where's the fruit? Right. He said you shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of living once water. Once is a nice start. Now keep going. Well, keep going. Well, and now, actually, now you need to do what it says. Right. Talking to a young man at a memorial service the other day, saying he read it twice. He, he's just as tore up as the flow up. I'm serious. No fruit. And I asked him, where's the fruit at? Because he started saying he read it, but then he was talking about his finances. He, you know, he's barely making it. And I asked him, did he know about tithing? He said, yeah, but I, I don't do it. <laughs> well, that's why you broke. Here it is. He, he gave us a principle on tithing. In, in Corinthians, giving it shall be given to you. Luke 638. Good measure, press down, shaking, y'all, running over, man, give them to your bosom. 
and Corinthians, and God's able to make all grace abound towards you that you have an all sufficiency in all things may abound to every good What's work. Saying? Malachi, will a man rob God? And, and I'll, I'll, I'll open up the windows of heaven, pour you out such a blessing you don't have room enough to see when you bring the tithe and offering. So well, I asked him, Did he do that? Joke, this, this guy goes in to talk to the minister, and the minister had been talking about tithing, and he said, You know, I can't afford to tithe. And the guy said, And the pastor says to him, Why not? And he says, Well, last year I made $10 million. And if I tithe 10%, I'd have to give me a million dollars, and I can't afford to do that. pastor said, well, do you mind if I pray with you? And the guy says, sure. And the guy and God says, Lord, help this man to make less money next year so he can afford to tithe. Right. <laughs> you know? And, you know, if you can't do it when you're making a little, you won't be able to do it when you're making a lot. And if you can't do it when you're making a lot, well, you Well, I tell people, God has little. something to say about everything. Jesus said, he who is faithful in little will be faithful in much. So... And Jesus said something about the, the widow that put the two mites in. He said she's put more in than anybody. So that tell me God's watching who's putting what in. If Jesus said, Jesus watched everybody put whatever in, he said she's put more in than anybody. Because he said you guys put out of your abundance. She put out of her, her poverty. But, but she was obedient. And she was saying, okay, God's my source. And we know that with the woman with the meal and the oil in the Old Testament. They gave the little they had. They instructed what the prophet told them to do, and they had increase. Right. It never ran out. I tell people all the time, God is the God of increase. He's, he's the God of the impossible. Right. He's got increase. He started this earth off with two people, Adam and Eve. Look. <laughs> increase. He's the God of increase. Everybody's tripping on this water shortage and all that in California. I tell people, God will not put you on this earth and let you run out. He won't. He'll be an irresponsible father. I'm going to put you on the earth and I'm going to let y'all run out of water. The main thing you need. Well, see, and then just look at it scientifically, there's only so much water on the whole planet. There just happens to be a lot of it in one place that doesn't really need it and not enough in another place that really does. But I get strange looks from people sometimes when I talk about the drought because I say, I think we need more rain. You may think we need more rain, but guess what? God made today. Today is the day the Lord has made. He made it so it's going to be sunny, not raining. Who am I to tell him he doesn't know what he's doing? Right. Right? I mean, a lot of Christians, it's almost like they're telling God, you don't know what you're doing. You need to do this. There's going to be days when it's raining. And we just say, this is the day the Lord has made. He's, he's, he's said it's going to rain today. Then there's days when it's going to be sunny. My whole role in it is to realize today is the day the Lord has made and then rejoice and be glad in it. Not try to figure out what God's done wrong or well, what he should have he done. He tells us that in Matthew. Don't worry about your life. What you're going to eat or what you're going to drink. But I mean, so many people, they it's almost like they're telling God, you know what you're doing. You need to be doing this. You need Remember, to be doing that. Remember, back to Isaiah, my thoughts are higher than your thoughts, so are my ways higher than your ways. Just as the heavens are higher than the earth, my thoughts and my ways are higher than yours. And I'm glad, and, too, and then, because, man, most people's thinking isn't very good. Hey, and then, and then here's, here's the revelation right here. This is what the Lord showed me. The next scripture on that verse, so as the rains come down from heaven and water the earth and gives moisture to the seed so it'll grow, he says, so shall my word be that goes forth out of my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what it sent out to be. But he said, he said the rains come down from heaven. Oh, that means he has control over it. 
He showed me that the other day. He said, the rains come down from heaven. Well, so that means God's responsible for rain, not us. Water. So he's, if he wanted to storm in July right. so we can right. have sufficient water, we, we're thinking, see, we listen to too much news. Meteorologists and all this stuff and, you know, the greenhouse effect and all this. No, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. He said, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to put you guys on this earth and let you run out of stuff. We did it with the oil back in the 70s, remember? Shortage of oil. Look at oil now. <laughs> that was just another hype to get the prices to where they are now. The earth, the earth ain't going to run out of oil. God knows what we need to, to, to live. He says over in Peter, he's given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. I got it all. I wouldn't create people and say, oh, you're on your own. No, we just don't do what we need to do anywhere on the earth. We can go to one of the impoverished, impoverished nations on the earth and give them knowledge on how not to be impoverished. And I know some people now right there, a friend of mine, Feeding the Nations, Alfred. He does that. He's going back to Africa, came here to Chico, went to Chico State, started a nonprofit. He's go back there building wells. Wasn't they didn't have no water, they didn't have the technology. Right. So he's back there building wells. Because the water's there. <laughs> it's there. They just didn't have the knowledge to get it. They didn't have or the equipment. To it. Yeah, right. Uh oh, you just said something important. They didn't have access to it. He says, I've given you all things that pertain to life and godliness. You may not just not have access to it. So if I can... And, and, and sometimes we just may not realize it's there for the taking. Right. My people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. So you, once you get knowledge, that gives, and you get knowledge that, oh, now you have access to heaven because you're a child of God now. You have access to the wisdom of God concerning your crisis, your situation. God will reveal it to you. He'll show you how. To, I got this pastor friend of mine. He says, you know, Booker T. Washington, I'm telling them, they started Tuskegee University. And remember, what was his name? Was that Booker T. Washington? George Carver. He said God showed him all the advantages of a peanut. He said God. He said he, he was asked to come to Congress and testify uh, over the Agriculture Committee because they was like, how'd you learn all this stuff about this peanut? He said, well, God told me. Well, God created the peanut. He knows what all it could do. And he said, God told me. He said, I'd go in my little lab. I wouldn't take nothing but my Bible. And God started speaking to me about how to break this peanut down and use it for this and that. In Colossians, it says, God and Jesus are hidden all the mysteries of wisdom and knowledge. God has it. And uh, we're out of time, but we're definitely not out of faith. It's time for us to go. And we just want to remind you as you go through this week, keep walking by faith. If this broadcast has been a blessing to you, we ask that you would consider sending a love offering to Faith on Fire, P.O. Box 7508, Chico, California, 95927, which allows this broadcast to continue in your local area. Again, that's Faith on Fire, P.O. Box 7508, Chico, California, 95927. Please join us again next time on this great station for more Faith on Fire.